1: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All
0: right, uh, some college football talk here. I always appreciate when my next guest joins me, I appreciate him a little more tonight because I'm tearing him away from the TV because he would be... Uh, gearing down on Georgia versus Alabama, which, by the way, Tide just scored another touchdown. They were down at the half, scored early in the third, came back. uh, Pass interference play led to a a short TD run by Najee Harris. Uh, So the Crimson Tide have gone up 34-24 over the Bulldogs. We'll talk about that game and all things college football with the creator, founder, chief cook, and bottle washer of NFL Draft Bible Dot com. Mr. Rick Serratella joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, Ricky? Hey,
2: Jody Mack. I appreciate you having me back.
0: Always a pleasure. It is always our game when we get your insight to the college game. Uh, all right, let's talk about this game that's ongoing. How many, uh, I will. Uh, you can either go overall draft picks or first-round draft picks are on these two teams combined here between Alabama and Georgia by the time we get to the next NFL draft.
2: Well, we, we've we probably got, you know, at least half a dozen first-round picks in this game. And I think, you know, when it's all said and done, I just about every starter, you know, of the 22 starters on each team, I think half of them are going pro. But, uh, you know, your, your two guys, at wide receiver, especially Devonta Smith, who's been shooting the horn for so having another big day here. You know, it seems like every week I flip-flop between, you know, who do I like better, him or Waddle? And, you know, of course, Jalen Waddle bringing that return ability and, and X factor there. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, Alabama so stacked on offense, really. It's, it's just amazing. They've got Brian Robinson, a backup running back right now, who's not even getting many touches behind Najee Harris. Uh, both of those guys could be top 100 picks. And then the quarterback there, Mac Jones, uh, probably, you know, one of the most improved signal callers that I've seen. In college football, probably along with Kyle Trask. So, you know, Alabama's loaded. And then on defense, Georgia's loaded. That is as good as anybody in college football, led by Richard LeCount there with an interception here tonight. And Eric Stokes, uh, probably a first-round pick at cornerback.
0: A couple things on both Alabama and Georgia. Where did this Mechie kid come from? I guess he was on the roster last year, didn't play much, and he's uh, been just as much a recipient of Mac Jones' passes as the two guys that we both agree look like first-rounders, Waddle and Smith. Uh, Is he a straight sophomore or a redshirt sophomore? Uh, He has been a major contributor for Bama getting off to this fast start.
2: Yeah, he was a freshman, a uh, true freshman last year, so a sophomore this year. And it's like we talk about it all the time. Alabama doesn't rebuild, they just reload. And you saw them have a pair of first round wide receivers last year. They'll probably have a pair of first round wide receivers this year. And it's just, you know, they grow them on trees down there in Alabama.
0: Yeah, uh, Mac Jones um, certainly sitting behind Tua the uh, last couple of years. But when Joe Burrow did what Joe Burrow did last year, which was basically go from uh, potential late-round draft pick, maybe even undrafted, to the number one pick in the draft, basically in one year, because he was that good, Mac Jones going to elevate to the same level here? You know, I don't think he goes quite as high. Uh, no, I think I, if, if I ask the question that way, I didn't mean to suggest <laughs> that he could also go number one overall, but he goes from nobody talking about him as a potential draftee to a guy who's mm-hmm. going to get picked uh, certainly in the draft, if not day one.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it's just the, the maturation, you know, another year older, another year of experience. I will say this with Joe Burrow. I mean, you take a look at what, his offensive coordinator is now doing in Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater and Joe Brady. He had that magic working for him as well. So I, I think that chemistry and that combination was so lethal uh, that Brady, you know, really uh, grew Burrow and developed him in a quarterback and, and played to his strengths. And not that Alabama's not doing that with Mac Jones. I just think. Burrow has a higher ceiling, but you you got to like, I mean, the touch, the accuracy, the deep ball Mac Jones can throw. Now, obviously, it, it helps to have all those weapons, but so did Burrow a year ago. But when you talk about accuracy, precision passing, being able to throw the ball down the field, I mean, I, I, I like what Mac Jones is bringing to the table here.
0: We're talking to uh, Rick Sartella from NFLDraftFible.com, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, I uh, mentioned in our number one tonight, I would ask this question to you in just this way. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick in the draft. I know you believe it. You know I believe it. Most everyone else also believes it. There's going to need to be a tragic injury or something along those lines for uh, him to not be the number one draft. You've been putting out your grades on players for years doing the NFL Draft Bible. Will there have been a quarterback grade higher than the one Trevor Lawrence is going to get since Andrew Luck?
2: No, he is the highest since Andrew Luck, and I would say he's right there with Luck. Luck is as close as it gets to a perfect prospect, especially at the quarterback position when you talk about prototypical size, arm strength, intelligence, uh, everything that you're looking for, really, Andrew Luck was it. And it's a shame his career was shortened uh, because I really thought the Colts were building something good around him. Uh, Unfortunately, the injuries got to him. And I would say, you know, in between Lawrence and and Luck, probably the guy, and, and it's not looking too good right now, Jody, but, you know, I was pretty high on Carson Wentz coming out. I thought he had all the intangibles to be that guy, I think Trevor Lawrence would be the guy that we thought Carson Wentz was. All
0: right. Now, since you went there, thank you very much for going into my next question. <laughs> Trey Lance, who also is a North Dakota quarterback, just like Carson Wentz, who played one game this year and called it a season, um, played very well last year, And led them to the uh, under-division championship, which North Dakota State wins that basically every year. And he did as well. A lot of people suggesting he could be the third quarterback taken in this draft. Maybe even the second quarterback behind Lawrence and ahead of Justin Fields. What tape have you seen on the young man? Was he right to step away? I'm going to get to a bunch of other guys who aren't even playing this year. uh, Who you have to try and evaluate and grade. Give me your stance on Trey Lance of uh, North Dakota State as of right now.
2: You know, I'm conflicted here, Jody, because I like all the tools that I see. I think he has the ability to make all the throws. He's more of a dual threat guy. You saw that one showcase game. He was definitely bulked up. I'd say he added at least 10 pounds of, of muscle there, and you saw that with his ability to break tackles in the run game. Here's where I'm conflicted. You look back at the past 20 years, okay, uh, this Dwayne Haskins situation scares me. You say, well, what what does that have to do with Trey Lance? Well, you know, you go back and and look, the last two decades of first-round quarterbacks who were selected and started just one season at the collegiate level, uh, Mitchell Trubisky and Mark Sanchez and, and Dwayne Haskins, those are pretty much your best case studies. And so I value experience, you know, Maybe he can go to the next level and and sit behind somebody like a Jordan Love is doing right now, and eventually it'll work out for him. But I think, yes, he did make the right decision because I do believe he'll be a top-ten pick. Now, if you're asking to uh, play right away, I think it could lead to trouble. If you have a veteran guy like a Matt Stafford, a Matt Ryan, sit behind a year or two, well, then I like that situation a lot better.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Joe Burrow did star for just one year, but you're right, he had played several. He sat at Ohio State, and he played the year before at LSU, so he wasn't just a one-playing-year guy, but he was a one-year guy. I think your comparison is actually better. Rick Saratel, NFLDraftBible.com, our guest. Ricky said he'd be good enough to take a uh, call or two, a question or two from you guys. If you got a specific team or player or that you want to ask about, you can hop on our phone lines, eight five five two one two Four two two seven. All right. As I mentioned, there are going to be guys taken in the first round, maybe in the first half, maybe in the top five this year who aren't playing college football right now, that were so good as underclassmen that their ranking has them up that high. But teams are going to have to roll the dice a little bit. You just gave us uh, great examples of quarterbacks who only started for one year and didn't quite live up to their draft status We've never had anything like this before, players opting out and just waiting for the upcoming draft this year because of COVID-19, but you don't get like immediate tape on these guys. There'll be workouts, uh, there'll be the chance to look at a player and put them through some drills, but not game action. How is all this going to shake out between uh, now and the NFL draft? How many guys are there that you think will go in the first round that aren't playing college football this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, the scouting staff are going to earn their money this year, that's for sure. Uh, But, you know, to your point, after Trevor Lawrence, my next three guys have all opted out, and that's Bene Sewell from Oregon, the monstroniest offensive tackle, Uh, Jamar Chase, the talented wide receiver from LSU. Oh, by the way, don't sleep on Terrence Marshall, who is opting in and playing for LSU. He might be just as talented as Jamar Chase. And then Gregory Rousseau, uh, the Miami defensive end. All of these guys are what you call lotto picks, blue chippers, however you want to phrase it. They're all preparing for the draft. So we probably won't see any of those guys until we get to Indianapolis at the Combine. And so now – You know, here they are in October uh, preparing for that February event. And if we're lucky enough to have a pro day, we'll get to see them do some uh, additional positional drills. But uh, other than that, we'll we'll be relying on that film from last year to, to, you know, kind of project these guys and and make those picks.
0: Do you think their value will be hurt by the fact that they're not playing this year? That some guy who could have been a top five pick drops down to the middle of the first round because teams – just aren't too sure about them. They've got their standard way of evaluating players. And is a big piece of the puzzle missing, as in the college football season that just ended? Uh, Or do you think that the unknown could actually be a plus for some of these guys?
2: You know, I I think for the most part, the, the, the top talented guys, I mean, they've done enough. The body of work is there to justify their decision. Um, You know, could guys have improved their stock? It's hard to say with this bunch. I mean, I I spoke to probably a dozen wide receivers last year at the Combine and asked them who's the – or cornerbacks – and asked them who's the toughest wide receiver you've had to cover during your career. And and at least a dozen guys said Jamar Chase. And so, you know, this guy is so talented, so good. Penae I saw Oregon live. I'm on the field before the game. and, And this is back when he's a sophomore. I, and I see this guy, this underclassman, and he's beating up all the offensive linemen pregame. He's he's beating up his own offensive linemen. Now, remind you, every single starter from the Oregon offensive line got drafted last year. They were all seniors, and here's this sophomore. I mean, th- th- he was beating up his own teammates. I said, who the heck is this guy? I've never seen a guy so fiery. And now, listen, he can get a little sloppy at times with his technique, but overall, uh, you know, he's not as big and athletic like a Micah Becken. He's a bigger body guy that's just gonna maul you to death. But you know, again, I, I said, wow, I haven't seen a guy with that kind of intensity and, and leadership, and and everybody just gravitate towards him. And he was only a sophomore. I, I just said, man, that's really impressive. And so, you know, these guys, they have done the work, they've laid down the film, and it's so good that I don't think it's gonna hurt their draft stock.
0: Sir, tell of NFL Draft Bible, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Um, Big Ten's kicking in soon, Pac-12 shortly thereafter. Are these guys going to get enough games in on tape so that even though it's not a full collegiate season for them, their NFL draft status should be just as is?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at Justin Fields, he'll get to play seven games, he'll get to you know, kind of solidifying himself. And I think the more good film he can put down on tape really uh, helps build his case to be that number two quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence. And Hey, who knows? I mean, listen, we saw Haskins rise to the number one or first round. We saw Tyler Murray rise to the number one pick. We just talked about Joe Burrow. Who's to say Justin Fields can't come out and light the world on fire and, and be the number one overall pick. So he'll have a chance to state his case and, and do that here. And, you know, I think one of the questions that's interesting this season, Jody, is, you know, what about a Pac-12 team where the conference isn't as strong, they only play seven games, will the college football playoff committee frown upon the Pac-12, or will they put them in the, in the mix? And, you know, it's so many things with the COVID world. I think, I think that's another interesting storyline, but, you know, uh, we're going to get Power 5 football across the board. We're excited about that, and, and these guys will have a chance, you know, they're all, conference games so they're going to be all against top caliber opponents which carries a lot of weight with nfl scouts they want to know how you do against the cream of the crop and so i think it will uh definitely help some guys out here
0: yeah i don't see a pac-12 team getting into the college football play, but that's just me yeah, and maybe i get some pac-12 calls and they can read me the right act because i'm dismissing them at this time uh, i do have a western Uh, half of the country. Quarterback to ask you about, I got to tell you, I was impressed by Zach Wilson on Friday night. He opened my eyes. Uh, BYU's having a pretty good season and most of it's on Zach Wilson's right arm. Where did you have him sitting as a potential draftee before the season? How much, if at all, has he moved up with his very fast start this year?
2: Oh, this guy, I mean, he's skyrocketing up boards right now. You want a hot name to talk about this This uh, BYU quarterback, uh, Bear Wilson. I mean, he is just lighting the world on fire, and I I would say he's in the mix to be a potential, you know, day two guy. You got to see more of it, but when you talk about what he's doing this season, uh, accurate, you know, a lot of dinks and dunks, you know, which is why you see that eighty percent completion percentage. You know, a lot of slants, a lot of screens, but hey, you, you, you can't knock what he's doing. He's getting the ball where he needs to do. He's got a quick release. He's got some athleticism. He can move around the pocket, buy some time, extend some plays, which is going to bode well at the next level because, you know, that's how the offensive schemes are going now. So I think Wilson's skill set kind of suits the uh, NFL style of schemes. And and I think, you know, if he continues to do what he does, well, then, hey, maybe maybe he tosses his hat into the NFL draft mix and has a chance, dark horse, to be a first-round pick. But, you know, there's still a lot of ball to be played, so – We'll see how that plays out. But, yeah, I mean, I thought coming into the season he was a, a day three guy, borderline, uh, and now I think, you know, he's probably uh, definitely a late-round pick and maybe sneaks into the top 100.
0: Mark Sartella here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Ricky said he'd be good enough to field a couple calls. So if you got a specific team, specific player – Specific NFL team, you're saying, all right, here's what we desperately need. Who's going to be at the top of the draft we can get? Rick has got that kind of an answer for you. Hop on our telephone lines, 855-212-4227. We'll come back with Rick Saratella Draft NFLDraftBible.com next here on CBS Sports Radio. Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible, our guest. And good enough to take your calls. You've got a team-specific, player-specific Filling in an NFL needs-specific question for Ricky, hop aboard our telephone lines right now at 855-212-4227. Um, Rick, one question for you before we get on the lines. And let see, we talk about the college football playoff and can Big Ten teams and Pac-12 teams put enough uh, on the board to merit a spot in the top four Uh, that will shake out the way it's going to shake out. And then afterwards, before we get to the Combine in February, there are all the All-Star games. Senior Bowl, the one that you worked on out in California last year. Are they written in pencil at this time because of COVID-19? Are they in pen? Are they a lock? Uh, What do we know about the players on their last chance to show their wares in uniform, not in shorts and T-shirts like in Indianapolis, uh, but not with their regular teams either, all-star games, end of the season. What is the status?
2: I think it's, it's the COVID world we're living in, Jody, so everything is still you know kind of to be determined. I think that there will be some kind of in events. Whether or not there will be an actual game, I think there is some hesitation uh, of doing contact drills if the COVID thing flares up. I will say, you know, with the NFLPA Collegian Ball that I am working for again this year, you also have to remember that, you know, for our event, we have to abide by the NFLPA and NFL protocols. And, you know, now the current status is you've got to get guys in a room for five days and self-quarantine. I saw the Browns, they had some quarterback issues this week. They brought in Kyle Lalletta because they didn't know if Mayfield and, and Gilbert will be ready to play but they didn't, have him, they didn't sign him fast enough to, to meet that five-day quarantine requirement, so he won't be available this Sunday. So I think there's a lot of uh, X factors, variables. I do think there will be some kind of an event. I don't know if there will be actual games. I, I think it's still to be determined.
0: Fair enough. That's, I, I feared that was the answer, but I just wanted to confirm mm-hmm. it with you. All right, let's get our <laughs> caller two in here. Um, Greg Inventor wants to talk Pac-12 with us. Greg, you're on CBS Sports Radio.
3: Hey, uh, Rick, before I ask you a question, I'd like to just make a comment to you, Jody, that I've said this before to you, that you have such an East Coast bias. Look how you blew off the Pac-12. You said nobody's going to even be interested in the Pac-12. Why do you make those kind of comments? We have some good teams out here, Jody. Get it get it straight. Be oh, well. With- no no
0: no no no. Hold on. I'll defend myself and then you can ask Rick a question. I, I was not commenting on the Pac-12 and the quality of their teams. I uh, in in part I am. I'm saying I don't believe they're going to get a team in the uh, Final Four, the college football playoff. And I think they are hampered by the fact that they are playing such a short schedule that the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC have a major advantage over them because they decided to start their football season in September rather than late October. So that's why I said what I did. It has nothing to do with East Coast or West Coast bias or looking down my nose at the Pac-12. I'm dealing with the reality of the fact that the Pac-12 is not playing a full season, and I don't care if Oregon goes 7-0. I don't think they're going to be able to accomplish enough only by beating teams within their conference to get one of those Final Four bids, and I stand by that.
3: Okay, Jody. Hey, well done. Well, good defense, Jody. Listen, uh, Rick, uh, what do you think of Keaton uh, Slovis and USC? He's he's a darn good quarterback, and uh, what kind of year do you think he'll have, even though it's a short season, like Jody said? And uh, also, I'd like to know what you think about UCLA. I'll, I'll get off the phone and listen to your answer. Appreciate the call.
2: Yeah, thanks for the call. You know, we're big fans of Keaton Slovis. In fact, you know, I would argue that he's probably the number one quarterback for the 2022 NFL draft. And you say, hey, well, you know, why did J T. Daniels transfer to Georgia? Well, you know, J T. Daniels, five-star kid, couldn't beat out Caden Slovis. Once Daniels went down to that injury, Slovis came in, and, and this kid is dynamite. I mean, I, I think he's going to light like the, the Pac-12 on fire this year, and I think this is one of the guys who is going to benefit from playing a season. Um, and I think he's going to be the guy pegged for 2022, sitting to of that board. Now, UCLA. Chip Kelly, it hasn't really gone the way you know people expected Chip Kelly to go. And I guess you know since he's left Oregon, his career really hasn't gone as expected. Now, I will say this, the quarterback that he has, Dorian uh, Thompson-Robinson, I had a chance to coach him when I was living out in Las Vegas during my brief time, and, and that kid is really a great quarterback. He started just one year in high school. He came out of the Bishop Gorman factory who just, you know, turns out uh, – you know, D1 and NFL talent every single season. So Dorian Thompson uh, Robinson there, I think in, when you talk about a dual threat guy, uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. I, I think not enough people are talking about him. He's a guy.
1: Uh, I don't
2: think he's eligible until 2022 as well, but he's another guy right there behind Slovis, uh, that a lot of people will be talking about in two years.
0: All right, so we got 2021 in in our sights. 2022 potential number one overall guys. What year would uh, Eli and Peyton's nephew be ready to go? Uh, I'm already hearing stories about him being the number one pick in the draft, <laughs> just like his other two uncles.
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable, right? It's, it's kind of like LeBron James when he came out. Of all the hype uh, coming out of high school. I think he's, he'll be class of 2026 or NFL draft 2025, and I've only seen the highlights floating around the Twitterverse, but it's, it's, it looks good. So uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he goes to uh, Tennessee or Ole Miss or paves his own route.
0: I can go a long way for you these days. Uh, all right, Ricky, so uh, the season's going to play out the way it's going to play out. I know you've been uh, really good working with these young men as they prep for the draft and get ready for it. Uh, a lot of it is coming down to modern technology because in this COVID world, we're just not able to get as much work in with players as we would like to. Uh, who's got a leg up? Is there a group? Is there a better way to do it for guys who might have opted out and aren't playing this year or uh, think about opting out at some point during the year that they can still keep their NFL dreams going the same way that they can without actually participating in college games?
2: Yeah, you know, Jody, a lot of it has come to the Zoom technology and that's how scouts get to meet these players now and whether they you know, coordinate that with the school on a group call or they get individual time, which is pretty rare now. It takes away the human element because at the end of the day, you know, you're you're evaluating the person as much as you're evaluating the talent. And, you know, when you're a, a, a scout or an evaluator and you're, you're trying to um, state your case to, to select the player, I mean, you're putting your reputation on the line and, and you really want to know everything about this kid. And there's nothing better than... Uh, looking them in the eye, shaking their hands, you know, getting to know them as a person, I think it goes a long ways. And then also the physical, you know, the eyeball test. I mean, there's nothing, you know, the in-person eyeball test. I mean, that's half of the evaluation, being able to see them up close. Are they rocked up? Are they got a spare tire? How do they move? How do they interact down on the the game? Are they a leader? Are they somebody that's cheering on their teammates? Or, you know, do they stay to themselves type of thing? I will say this. What's interesting, we talked about the All-Star games. So the FCS is now going to play a spring season, which is going to probably begin late February. And we saw the season bowl now. They've invited two uh, FCS offensive tackles. The kid from North Dakota State, Dylan Ray Dunn, and the Northern Iowa offensive tackle, Spencer Brown, both of these guys have a potential to be first-round picks. So now they get a senior bowl invite. Tell me, why are they going to play an FCS season in the spring yeah. if you play the college season to get in front of the NFL scouts, right? You're trying to get in front of those NFL scouts where there's over 300 evaluators in Mobile. Well, hey, I think you know these guys are going to be better off playing that one week in Mobile. And in front of those NFL scouts, then they will be participating in that FCS spring season. So when those FCS playoffs roll around in April, which is going to coincide with the draft month, uh, a lot of those teams that are in the playoffs, such as North Dakota State, will be playing without Trey Lance and Dylan Ray Duns, And so that'll be interesting to
0: You know we're going to tap into you plenty over the next six months or so before the NFL Draft rolls around. If you are a draft, Nick, if you enjoy the process of evaluating college talent headed toward the National Football League, hopping on Ricky's website, nfldraftbible.com, is a must. Rick, always a pleasure. Thank you for the insight tonight. We'll talk again soon.
2: Yeah, the best, Mac, man. Thank you.
0: Ricky Saratella here with us on CBS Sports Radio.